Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the Buster Show. We have a very, very special episode today. My good friend, Eric Whiteback. What's going on, brother? Thanks for having me. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So we've got a lot of things to get into. Always. First things first. Walk me through this outfit here real quick. Uh, gladly. So some of you may know that I do a lot of stuff with Supreme. Um, one of those things that I do a lot is I do a lot of DIY projects. So I have a lot of t-shirts that I sort of, and it's kind of like people in Supreme, they think this stuff is sacred, right? They yeah. like so many people buy items and you know, they leave them in the bag. They put them in their closet and like, you know, in a dark room, like never look at them again for it's 10 so years. so sad, honestly. It is. It kind of is. I mean, I get it because there's a lot of value in the product and like some people like to invest and they want to keep it nice, which like I get that part of it. There's a lot of people too that just like are so afraid to touch it and use it. But anyway, Supreme is like this brand that a lot of people view as sacred. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of trying to like tear down at that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I do is I create DIY projects based off some of their products. So this right here is a yellow bandana box logo t-shirt. Um, nothing too crazy. This is like one of the cheaper box logos though, just for those of you who might not know much about Supreme and it still runs about 200 bucks. Um, so yeah, we got this one and I had a friend that's really good at distressing garments. It's so good. So we cut it up, you know, we did our little thing to it. Um, we bleached, this is actually bleached. So it's nice with yellow when you bleach it, it turns like mm-hmm. a lighter white. So it looks like it was sun faded. Uh, so that was the objective there. And we put some, we put some purple on it. We got some Laker colors. I figured it might not be a bad uh, shirt Amazing. to wear to the Buster Show. Amazing. I appreciate yeah. that. So there are a couple of things that I want to get into just giving context to who you are and yeah. what you do. How did you get started in kind of the whole Supreme streetwear space? Yeah, definitely. So I I was uh, involved in the streetwear space before I was actually creating content for the streetwear mm-hmm. space, which I think is like an important distinction. So I was like, honestly, in middle school, I was wearing like Billionaire Boys Club and Bape. Nice. Um, Where'd you grow up? I grew up in central Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, middle of nowhere, central Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. basically. But you were um, rocking Bape. Yeah. Which was like really <laughs> funny. And like middle school, I was wearing like fake Bape to class and I like didn't know any better. That's amazing. Yeah. It's like, it's so funny. I wish I had like good pictures of it. Um, but yeah, I like... And most of it was just through like the music I was listening to. Like I was a big fan of Pharrell. And so Mm -hmm. it was like, I saw what he was wearing. He's rapping about BBC and ice cream. And I was like, oh, this is sick. Right. And so that's like how I sort of got involved in it initially. Um, And then eventually found out about Supreme through my brother. He sort of caught on to it first. Um, And that probably would have been around 2011, 2012 is when like I first heard of it. Um, and he really just sort of, you know, showed me the ropes. So he's like, Hey, this is what's going on with Supreme. Supreme's this really interesting brand. You know, he's flipping little stuff every week and making a hundred bucks every week. And at that point he wasn't even in college yet. And so what it's year like, was this? This was probably like 2013 or so like really early, started flipping stuff. Early, yeah. 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 And so it's like, he was flipping stuff, you know, from his dorm room or wherever. And he's like, <laughs> it's like an easy hundred bucks every week. And as a college 100%. kid, like that's like game changing. Yeah. Forget about it. You know, yeah. extra hundred bucks a week. You got a hundred dollars? Yeah, I know. Dude, how many times I would have killed to have... you having a good night. How many times I would have killed to have a hundred bucks in my bank account in college is like kind of scary, Yeah, you know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that was sort of like how I got into it. Got into it through some of the music I was listening to. Got into it through my brother. And then it wasn't until much later that we started creating content for it. Um, so probably almost about three years ago now is when I actually started the Eric Whiteback account. Um, and basically we started that because me and my brother sat down and we're like, we really enjoy streetwear. We think this is awesome. We think we want to do something with it. We think we want to start our own brand one day. And so we were both sort of going through college and we're like, well, what can we do now to just like stack the deck in our favor a little bit for when we're ready? Um, and the big thing that we came up with was starting on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, 
neither of us predicted that it would turn into the animal that it did. You know, right now I'm able to make a full-time income just off the social media platforms, which is, which is awesome and such a blessing and it's so cool and allows me to pursue one of my passions, uh, you know, which is streetwear and Supreme and things like that. And Uh, just be creative with it too. Yeah. Yeah, That's everything. Which is, which is amazing. Yeah. So that's a little bit more context to that. That's amazing. And I feel like in, for anyone's job or career, anything like that, however you can give yourself the most creativity or rather limit yourself the least yeah is when you're going to be the happiest yeah no it's uh it's definitely there's pros and cons to it too though i think some people are just like oh it must be so nice to like work for yourself and that's true it is but i always like i get in the struggle too of like trying to allocate time properly and trying to create structure around my days very difficult and i've yeah, struggled with that too. yeah definitely and yeah. even like I think one of the things that I run up against a lot is with the creativity. It's like, I almost have too many ideas mm-hmm. where the thing that keeps me up at night is I know that I haven't executed on even 10% of the ideas that I have. Bro, it's the worst you know? feeling. And so it is. And you can't right? even go to bed. I know, right? Exactly. We got to talk more after this. Yeah. But anyway, like <laughs> I think about like, I always think about, okay, I want to do this. I want to do that. But then I'm like, oh, the opportunity cost of doing this is that I can't do that. And then it's just like this whole sort of thing in my head where it's like trying to prioritize you know one what? of the best ideas. Right. But you never you never get to all of them. You just can't. And here's what one of the problems is. And if I run into this, I'm sure you do as well. You keep it all in your head. I've gotten, I've gotten better at writing it down. You have? Yeah. Great. Yeah. But Which is like big tip. Like if you're a creative, like write stuff down all the time. Notes app on your iPhone is the most valuable asset you have. I use a big whiteboard. So I write, yeah, I, write one, I have one of those too. I write the key ideas on there, but then all like the little stuff like here. Do, 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 do. Yeah. And like for me, uh, for the Hoops Nation account that I run, like that is 20 posts a day on every platform. Yeah. That's like, that's more than a full-time job. Right. You know? And I have someone that helps out on TikTok. I have someone that helps out here and there for like sourcing stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so there's like that. And then it's like, all right. And we, we spoke about this before, but like consulting stuff. It's yeah. like, all right, there's that. Then personal. All right, yeah. there's that. And this and that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you look up and you have 20 different full-time jobs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, I can relate. Yeah. 100%. And all this like random creative stuff that you want to pursue. Yeah. Um, and I think what's tough too, I'm sure you get mixed in with this all the time, is like you get bogged down working on logistics mm-hmm. when you're like, you're, you're creative and you should be creating and you should have that ability to create. And sometimes you're probably like, you know, you get caught in the process of like, Oh, I gotta like, you know, write the copy for a hundred different IG posts or something. And it's like, it's cumbersome. And right. I hate, I always try to cut out things that are those logistical things that are getting in the way of creativity and actually creating something. Mm-hmm. And then like try to replace it with something that, you know, is a little bit like quote unquote higher level, but it's hard. Yeah. It's super hard, but it's, it's, you know, important enough to, be bad at yeah like and definitely. get better at definitely like not that many things are but that's one of them yeah i hear you what have what have you seen as some tactics to kind of manage your time better in general because i know a lot of people are curious about that kind of stuff um well i'm no expert at it i should like lead with that i'm probably like one of the worst people in the world that's a it. great preface um, that's how i should preface every single <laughs> answer that i give for the rest of my life i'm no expert in yeah. this but yeah hear my thoughts. no expert is a wild understatement too um but yeah, I set like, I literally have reminders on my phone for like eat lunch, like eat dinner. Like I'll, like I get so hyper-focused on projects where it's like, it'll be eight or nine o'clock and I'm like, oh shoot, I haven't like eaten a meal today. 
you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like little things like that where, and maybe like for the average person, you're probably not forgetting meals, but like you're forgetting certain individual things. Like I just set reminders on my phone and that's like at least a helpful thing for me to be mindful of like, oh yeah, I need to do this. I need to do that. Yeah. I have a shower on mine at night. <laughs> I have a sh- I have a brush teeth, wash face yeah. notification, yep. Google Calendar. Nice. Use Google Calendar. I don't use Google Calendar. I just have use like a regular, the calendar app or whatever, gotcha. reminders or something. Um, I got that. I have uh, like shoot, like shoot, like shooting time periods. Yeah. Like, so like here, these three hours, I know in advance and I'll put it like every Thursday from nine to noon, like no matter what. That's like, almost like my schedule. I'm doing every Thursday. Random. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, that, that stuff is great. But um, yeah, it's really just a tricky balance that. Yeah, it is. But that's the fun of it as well. It is. It's, like, it's, it's know, the beauty and the curse, you know? Like for me, I wouldn't. Like, I was just happy not to have to go to college after I graduated high school. Yeah. Which, like, that's sick. I'm, like, almost envious of that. I mean, it's, like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's over and done. But, like, right. I think it'd be so sick to be like, yeah, like, I didn't go to college. But I would, like, it doesn't matter what I do. Yeah. Like, I, I always have that in the back of my head where it's like, all right, I could be in school right now. Yeah. You know? So, I'm always happy about that. But how do you feel about college? Um... I think you mean like in general, if mm-hmm. like I'm telling like someone giving mm-hmm. advice, like, should you mm-hmm. go, should you not go? Yes. Very dependent on career, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, like I think if you want to be a nurse, you want to be a doctor, you want to be a lawyer, you know, you want to be an engineer, like those things you probably need to go to school for. You want to be an accountant, like mm-hmm. you have to get... Learn skills. Yeah. And it's like, you're not going to be able to get the job that you want to get without those skills. Like you can't just like start doing surgeries after like coming out of high school, you know, like there's no, there's nothing for that. Mm-hmm. But for me i was a business major yeah and it's like i i just whittled away time for four years Mm. um and what was nice was like you know you probably know business majors like the easiest major so i had spare time i mean i was playing soccer in college too so like i wasn't and i had a math minor so i wasn't like oh wasn't like oh do you spare time Mm -hmm. um but that spare time like led into the whole eric whiteback thing which has been like the biggest blessing that's amazing yeah that's one of the things that I think college is great for totally. um, is allowing for spare time mm-hmm. because most people out of high school, even if they are like, if you are creative, I wouldn't recommend going. Not if you either. know, if you have somewhat of an idea of what you want to do and I'd recommend yeah. just going to the, one of the best people in the industry and working for them for free or whatever you can, yeah. because you'll learn the same thing or more in a shorter period of time mm-hmm. for someone that you're making real world connections with. Um, but, you know, I think, I think that college does allow for free time, which allows for thinking, which allows for discovering yeah, things. Yeah, totally. I was going to say, like, college, I think the biggest thing for me in college wasn't any, you know, textbook or test or, like, class. It was more like self-discovery and that ability to find what I, what I liked and have that time to pursue it. So, yeah. And even, like, I know there's a ton of people in college, too, that are doing something that they don't love and feel like they have no spare time either, mm-hmm. which is, like, yeah, you have, to, you have to create that spare time for yourself to pursue those passions and, like, find out what you really like. How how do you think social media uh, has affected the clothing industry and particularly like the hype beast supreme yeah. everything <laughs> because you got into it relatively early. Yeah. Um, so how have you kind of seen the effect of that on everything else? And have you seen like a uh, move away from like the actual items and a move towards just like showing them off? Yeah. Um, I mean, I could just take the rest of the podcast answering this question, honestly. It's Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) I think I'll like touch on a couple little things about it though. Like I think, 
uh, group think is like very real where it's like, oh, you know, I see this person likes that and that person likes that. So now I like that too. Um, I think that happens a lot where there's not a lot of people really thinking for themselves and what they like on their own. It's a lot of like, you see a celebrity wear something, you see someone else wear something and then, you know, then all of a sudden you like it just because that happened, uh, which I don't think is like the best way for streetwear to exist. I think streetwear is really more about like a grassroots movement um, and like really like coming up from the streets and like not having insane backing. Um, where a lot of the companies now that are sort of like taking over the streetwear world are these big corporations, which is like kind of ironic um, to talk about like corporate streetwear. It's almost like this oxymoron, right? <laughs> right. right? So it's, um, it's definitely interesting to see. But yeah, I mean, I think something that's something positive that's come from it, at least like on a surface level, is people are more interested in it, I think. Um, seems like there's more people getting involved in the industry, more people buying things, which like on surface level is good. I'm not like a fan of materialism, um, which is like... You know, I feel like some people think I have this like horde, horde of supreme items. Like I really don't. It's like very much a revolving door for me where it's like I get the items that I need to shoot content with. I shoot the content with it. I sell the items um, and I'll keep five or ten new items a season. And, mm-hmm. and you keep the videos. Yeah, and I keep the videos. Yeah. So like <laughs> I, I think like the materialism side of all the new buying is bad. But the actual like, hey, having more people interested in the industry, having yeah. more people like buying prices mm-hmm. being good. Those things are all good, you know. Do you think Supreme overproduces things? Yes. When did that happen? Um, I think it's hard to point to specifically. Or why? Like, And so I would say they, they overproduce things in two ways. Um, the first way they overproduce things is that individual products they make too many of. All right, so this, so this yellow t-shirt, right? They made too many of this specific yellow t-shirt. Mm-hmm. The other problem that they're having now, in my opinion, is they're creating too many different products. So even like if you look at the color variations and the number of different items in a release, most releases you're talking like 75 different items and they're releasing every week, which, which, you know, they, they release, up. well, they release 40 weeks out of the season, True. Um, but they're releasing almost 3000 unique products per year, which is like way too much in my opinion. Yeah. And then what happens is like, you know, you have a kid in the middle of Montana who wants to buy any old Supreme hoodie. Well, now I can get one for 75 bucks. You know, and like that's half a retail price. And it's because there's, they're doing 30 hoodies a season in six different colors each to give you 180 different hoodies a season. There's two seasons in a year. So there's 360 different hoodies in a year. And then there's, there's 25 years of a backlog of them creating product. And it's like, okay, now there's, at this point, there might be, Supreme might have made 3,000 entirely different hoodies. And like the market just can't sustain that much production. Um, so I think I think where they where they can produce more is they I don't think they've really scratched the surface of international demand, um, but domestically I think numbers need to be cut a little bit. If you took over Supreme today, what would what would you do? Oh man, a you lot. would do a lot. I of would things. do a lot. I would do, do a lot of things. And it's like on, I don't I don't even mean, side or? no yeah I don't even mean to say this and like oh Supreme's like messing up so bad like yeah. Supreme in my opinion has created like the best brand and the best brand image in modern society period which really? is like a crazy bold thing for me to say it's very bold but like i believe that um and i think they've done a tremendous job with that but uh yeah there are definitely things that i would change and i think we were talking a little bit about this earlier just like what a product reselling does for that product in that product category mm-hmm. so i think i would i would focus there's like some design things i would change but i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna get into that yeah, yeah. um but one of the things that I would change is I think I would focus on how are ways that I can make the product resell better. Because what happens when a product resells is 
the people that are interested in it, like if Supreme wasn't reselling, the only people that would be in line are people that really love Supreme. When Supreme's reselling, the people that are in line is anyone that wants to make money. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, so you have, you have some kid who shows up in line cause he wants to make money and he goes one week and he makes money and he goes two weeks and he makes money. And he goes the third week. He goes, Oh, you know, I actually like that t-shirt. And like, that's how, yeah. it, that's how it all starts. Mm-hmm. And so I think by having that community of people that are reselling and having that, you know, sort of established is like, Hey, our product resells. I think that brings new people into the fold like crazy. And then ultimately allows you to create more products. It's like, as long as you can increase the quantity of the product you're making, as long as you're increasing it, you know, in the way that's correlated with how much demand increases. Right. It's all about who's interested. Yeah. But I think the best way to get more people interested is to have resell be good. So it's like, I don't know. I love to just, one of the things I'd love to do is just blanket cut, like how much product they're making, Mm -hmm. both in terms of individual products and, you know, the number of different products. Um, I think they should be in more verticals too. Like their, their verticals are like t-shirts, hoodies, skate decks, accessories. Like I'd love to see them get into like athletic apparel or something like something. I think, I think there's all these untapped categories, even like, you know, cardigans, or I think like there's a lot, there's definitely a lot in like athletic apparel, or maybe they do more button downs one season and less t-shirts one season. And I think if they mix that up, it would help with everything too. 100%. 100%. Yeah. If there was any individual product, because I know they've done some pretty ridiculous things all oh, the way yeah. from like bricks to like nunchucks and things like that. Yeah. Is there an item in the world that you would turn supreme? Uh, there are plenty. I have a running list. I bet you I do. I have a running list. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, actually, I've gotten like a little bit better at this DIY stuff recently. Yeah. And so now I'm like wait a second, I have all these ideas. What if I just like make them yourself, make them real? Oh, a hundred percent. So one of the ones, the t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. One of the, one of the ones I'm working on right now is like, I just bought a Jenga set. I'm going to spray paint every brick red and put the letters on them. I'm, I'm also rebuilding the original Lafayette store with Legos. So stuff like that, where it's like, I think these would be dope ideas. Um, I have like a million other ones I could share with you, but like, of course, no, of know. course. Yeah. Just do it yourself. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's where I'm at with it. Right put now. it out there for people to see the same way that Supreme would, but they haven't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's fun too. Cause then I can like, I can make product that would play well on socials or like be fun for a video yeah. or just something that I would like, you know, and just make it. And then it's like, I have it, I can do whatever I want with it and it's done. How much are you thinking in terms of when you're doing these things to how well it will perform on social in contrast to like how cool it is? Yeah, it's like a, um, ideally you have both. <laughs> from, the, it's like, from the get. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's sick when you can create something that you're like super proud of and is also going to play really well on socials. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a little bit of like give and take with that where sometimes I'll create a video. I'm like, that was kind of whack. Right. But it was like, I knew it would do well in socials and it's like kind of funny, but it's like, okay, like now the next like three days I'm going to post like cool fit pics of like old items to like make up for it. I, I have like little, I do the same I have, like, exact little seesaw in my head. Right. Where I sort of do stuff like that. Um, I do the I'm, same exact. I'm like, I'm hyper aware of what, what stuff I post like is cool. And what stuff I post is maybe like teetering on the edge of like, ah, like should he have done that um like i'm very aware of like what what calls and what decisions i'm making there the other thing too is like i'm not insanely concerned with how cool like i appear why is that um because i'm it's way more important to me to like be me than it is to like try to be cool you know what i mean 100 because you being authentic is cool yeah i think that's true that's not even like why i do it i would just rather be authentic at the end of the day like if i was if i was really creating this persona that was nothing like me on social media mm-hmm. and i had to like live that all the time that would be draining super be really draining and a lot of people do it too a lot of people do it. but it's like it's kind it. of funny like i'll make a video where i know like people are gonna be like yo like they're gonna like clown me forward or whatever 
like some people will. And I'm like, I don't even care. Like I thought this was funny. So like, what's it, what's it matter at the end of the day? How much do you pay attention to comments, DMS, how well things perform? Um, I pay more attention to analytics than I pay attention to individual comments. Got it. Um, I'll read through comments. I try to respond to like a decent amount of people every mm-hmm. time I post. I think it's cool to actually like foster that community instead of just yeah. like posting something and acting like you don't exist after you post it. Right. A lot of people do that, which to me is like a sign of someone trying to be cool, which is like not cool. Because they see everything. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, I think like yeah. what is what would be surprising to people that are watching this is like, I see almost everything. Everyone sees everything. And it's like, you could post something on a, on someone someone like really famous like you could post someone on something really famous account like they're probably gonna see it you know it's it's crazy how much access you have and i think a lot of people once they get really big they fake like you don't have access to them like they won't respond to comments they won't like anything they won't respond to dms at all and it's like you'd be surprised how much that stuff actually gets seen though you know like i bet for those listening like your dm Tariana, i bet she saw a couple of them Maybe she responded to a couple of them. Maybe. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not even like that. But uh, but yeah, it's like it's sometimes cool when like I'll DM someone on the Sixers and be like, "Yo, good game." You'll get back to me like, "Thanks, dog." Like, of course. It. Like stuff like that's different, sick, you know, for someone with an audience. Yeah. But for anyone out there, I think it's still true. Yeah. No, it, it is true for anyone out there. It's, it is different with someone with an audience. And one of the things too is like that probably a lot of people don't know is once you get more followers on Instagram, you can sort your DM requests Mm -hmm. by how many followers the person has that sent it to you, which like benefits me greatly when I DM, you know, whoever with a big account. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then that way it's like any DM that I send is just about going to get seen by almost anyone. Yeah. And verification helps because it's catchy to the eye. It doesn't actually have preferential treatment in, in in top, but it does catch your eye. It does catch your eye. Um, So there's definitely some truth to that. But, do you think social media in general is a good thing for humanity? <laughs> um, I think more than anything, it just sort of shows like there's nothing inherently wrong with social media. I think the way so there's people, something wrong with people. <laughs> yeah, there is like, yeah. honestly. Um, and that's like, I also think that the negative voices just by virtue of how the platforms work are louder. It's like, True. you could have like, for example, I know for a fact that I have like five to 10 haters that literally comment hate on every one of my posts, you know? And it's like, that gets loud really quick Mm -hmm. when it's like, people hate you so much they comment on everything. Right. Right? And it's like, you (laughs) might also... I feel so bad for them. I know, it. I do too. It's (laughs) like, it's it's like, it's just, it's crazy though. And it's like, I think those, those voices are just louder because they stick out and they, they also like try to go the extra mile to be heard. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's crazy where, so many people I think really try to throttle like the messaging on their socials where they're like, Oh, this person commented something negative. I'm going to block them. Mm -hmm. This person, you know, this person sent me a nasty DM. I'm going to block them. Yeah. I don't do that at all. Period. I don't block a single person on any social media, which is maybe bold, but I like for the conversation to happen. I love when someone's like, yo, I think that's whack. And the next person's like, yo, I think this is sick. Even the shirt. I posted a video making this today. I had a ton of people like that thing's garbage. You wasted the shirt. And other people like, I will pay you twice retail for that. You know? And so it's like, I, I love when that conversation happens. Um, but yeah, it's like, I, I don't block anyone either, but it's funny. It's like, I feel like I could throttle all the positive and negative messaging on my socials by blocking like 10 people. But I'm not interested in that. And I think there's something special about that too. Yeah. Just that people know that. It's like, yeah, I feel bad for you because <laughs> you feel the need to spend a couple minutes of your 24 hours yeah. today yeah. 
doing nothing with it. Yeah, I know. Absolutely nothing. It, uh, I would like, I would love to meet people that like don't like me or like hate me. It's interesting too. It's like, I, I definitely you never will. That's probably true. Cause if you meet them, they don't hate you. You know you what I mean? You yeah, never exactly, will. Exactly. But it's like, even in, even in my industry, my industry is a little bit different where everyone tries to, not everyone, I don't want to like paint with that broad of a brush, but a lot of people in the industry try to be like very exclusive, very gritty, very like hard, very like tough, you know, and act like Mr. Tough Guy, like cool all the time. <laughs> so funny. And I like, I'm very serious about like breaking that down. Right. Like, I don't know, being cool is awesome, but like you don't have to ignore people or be a jerk to people to be cool. Yeah. And like, you don't have to act like, oh, only certain people are allowed in this club to like be cool. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I, I try to break down that whole sort of like exclusivity, that whole sort of dictatorial nature of the industry. It's like, I want to be democratic. I want to be inclusive. And by virtue of me being like that, I think there's some people that just don't like for streetwear to go that direction. And so then it's like, you know, they just hate from the jump. It's pretty interesting. Um, how hard do you think it is for new streetwear brands to try to get in the mix? Um, it's difficult. Like, it can be done. It's interesting, even though, like, we were just talking about the impact of social. It's like social is the thing that allows a new streetwear brand to pop off very quickly, mm-hmm. um, especially with, like, if you seed your products to the right people. It's funny that it's sort of become that. Like, it's like it so just depends. Like, oh, did Travis wear this? Did Kanye wear that? Did, you That's know, it. did Post Malone wear this? And it's like, mm-hmm. it's funny how it's sort of become that. And it has its pros and cons where like I like I going back, like I think that's a whole like groupthink thing where everyone's like, Oh, well that person wore it, so it's cool, which I don't yeah. like how that works. But I do like that, you know, there's some up and coming designer, some up and coming artist, some up and coming brand and they, they get a shot with with Kanye or whoever, or Travis, that like they can be put on by that. That I think is awesome. What would your strategy be if you started like your own clothing brand? Um, Not attached to you, but just in general. Yeah, so I mean, I think I would create samples more or less for a couple of designs that I really liked. Mm-hmm. I would DM the most relevant 500 to 1,000 people in the industry that I thought would have the most power to change the resale value or the, the demand of a product. And then whichever those got back to me and said they wanted it, I'd send to them right away. And then once I felt like the hype was there for the product that I created, then I would go live with it on some level. Makes sense. Yeah. You ever thought about doing it? Um, I'll do something eventually. Uh, I don't, I don't even know if I'd like want to call it a brand though. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm sort of working with, like I'm doing that, e, I'm calling it EWDIY, which is mm-hmm. like the Eric Whiteback do it yourself, yeah. which was like amazing. I just went on IG and the handle was like available. I was like, wow, home run. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, so like I'm doing stuff with that where like I would, and it's, it's hard. It's like, I would like to be able to have product be available to like a large swath of people, but I also like don't really care to make a ton of money on it. And so it's like, how do you, but That's it's an like, interesting dynamic. Yeah. It's Very like, rare. it's hard to like, it's hard to do it that way though. You know, it's like, of course, cause if you're like only making the right amount of products that like, if you sell out every single piece of product, then you're going to break even. You're like putting yourself at such a disadvantage and such like a place where it's like, it's hard. So I don't then, know. Then again, at the same time, if you're doing something in an industry where it's all based on how limited stuff is, but you're producing tons of quantity, yeah. then it's like, Oh, yeah. this dude is like yeah. this, this, this. So I mean, I guess I can like share this with you. I do have a plan to release product. Mm-hmm. Um, my plan though is basically I'm only going to sell product one day of the year every year. Um, and then we'll create, basically we'll create buzz for it by all the social stuff that I do. Um, and then every sort of, 
DIY product that I make throughout the year, like this shirt or some of the other box logos I've tied out or other stuff will all like be available in some form or fashion, whether it's through a mystery box or actually the products mm-hmm. the product sits on, on the website itself. Um, but yeah, it's also like, I've tried to do some online sales stuff to deal with like Shopify and all that stuff. Big it's no-no. so time consuming. Yeah. And dude, I did one sale ever to like people on my close friends list on Instagram. I sold right. like 48 t-shirts and I did that sale in I think November. And I haven't it? gotten paid out by Shopify yet. Really? They, they dogged it all. You did it all through Shopify. Yeah, it was all through Shopify. Like they owe me like two grand. But then you packaged everything yourself. Yeah. You wrote the Dude, shipping so he, addresses yeah. on everything yourself. Yeah. That like that well, I mean, the, the shipping addresses least... I clicked in Shopify I just prints a label. Okay. That type of thing. All right. But you dropped it all off and Yeah, like, well hear this too. Yeah. I like all the all the stuff sold out in like thirty seconds, which was yeah, sick. Yeah. Sold it all out and then I shipped I shipped everything that night. It was like forty eight two, so it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't that crazy. And then I mailed it all the next day. And then the day after that, I got an email from Shopify. Like, your payments are on hold. Like, we suspect there might be fraud. Oh. Probably because, like, I had never done a sale. And then I sold 2500 bucks in 30 seconds. Right. And now it's like, I have not seen a dime of that money. <laughs> you know, it's just, like, such a hassle. And there's, there's so much that, like, people don't think about that, like, gets in the way. It's, like, sort of, like, red tape, so to speak. Yeah. And yeah. as important as that, the amount of, like, and this is something I believe in a ton um, but just in general, like the amount of mental energy that that took from you, the whole process up yeah. until now, this happened in November. It was supposed to be done in November. Yeah, it was supposed to be done in a day. It was supposed to take no, <laughs> like this mental energy was not supposed to carry over to yeah. a podcast in March. No, not at all. And that's the worst part about Looking it. Looking at you, Shopify. <laughs> <laughs> Fix it. Um, but yeah, where where do you kind of envision yourself a few years down the road? Like, what do you, what's your dream? Um great question thank you uh so i don't know there's a lot of things that i that i want to do and if i speak like very candidly for a second uh my goals and things that i want to do with my life are like way bigger than streetwear supreme or anything like Mm -hmm. that and i don't mean to like minimize those things um but like my identity is not in like a logo or a brand or anything like that. Um, like I'm a person of faith and like my, my real, like if you want to talk 30,000 foot goal for a second, like my goal with my life is just to like share the love of Christ with as many people as possible. Like that's, that's awesome. like, that's what I'm after. Um, and I, and if people like people hear that and if you consume my content, you know, I'm not like a Bible thumper person. Like mm-hmm. I never want to be like that. I just more than anything, I just want to like share that love and positivity and spread that and just show people a glimpse of that. Um, so that's like, that's what I'm after. Like 30,000 foot level. What is, what is that? I've never heard that before. Oh, uh, well, it's feet? like if you, if you go 30,000 feet up and you look down, like that's like, that would be the big thing that you would got see. It, got you know got what it. I mean? Okay. Um, but I'm not like the, the daily things that I'm doing might not reflect that from like if you're really looking at it through a microscope you know so it's like right now i'm really focused on creating content that's going to give me the exposure that i want Mm. and it's like all of that ultimately is leading towards doing something really positive with that exposure but you wouldn't see that if you just looked at what i'm doing like right in today's moment you know so so yeah i don't know like uh what what form that'll take or how that's going to work but i really want to do something i really want to do something positive for the streetwear community for starters and then sort of uh work from there and it's like i'll say this too it's like i don't i'm not going to be the supreme guy forever you know <laughs> like it's it's fun and it's great right now but i will pivot off of that at some point and be something you know marginally different and then something probably very different um and i don't even want to be like uh, one of the things too i sort of hate is like i don't want to be uh like an influencer 
Oh, it's forever. the worst term. You in know the what world. I mean? Yeah, like I. Yeah. I want to be known for something different than being like an influencer. Um, oh, hundred percent. So, I'll make that pivot soon too. I think with actually like creating physical product and things like that. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know where it's all going to lead. It's. I always feel like too. Um, if you asked me six months ago what I was going to do in five years, I would give you like an entirely, entirely different answer than what I would give you right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you asked me yesterday. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? And so it's like, I feel like I would be naive to tell you what I'm going to do in five years. For sure. It's like, I'm just focusing on the next horizon. And once I get to that horizon, then I can, then I can tell you about the horizon after that. You know? 100%. I think that's super healthy. Um, you mentioned influencer. <laughs> what, what, when someone says influencer, what does that, what does that make you think of? Um, what does it make me think of? It makes me think of like people that just like post pictures of their butts. <laughs> I was just going to say know, booty like models. <laughs> I swear on everything. I was just going to say booty models. So yeah. you're on the same page yeah. there. Yeah, definitely. Because it's such a big like category. Like yeah, all these is. different. It is. People. Like I love like you're like an entrepreneur. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You're an entrepreneur. All right. You're like, uh, you know, a fashion expert great yeah you're a content creator that's a whole like great thing and that like that to me is like quality content yeah. creation yeah like, that you're a content creator yeah or you're an influencer <laughs> yeah yeah no and it's like a million different buckets and things that people will put me in i'm like i'm ready to start just like branding myself as an artist and just like that's great too. that that's you know? great too yeah uh another would you call like i guess it's completely different but like clothing isn't really a, like a collectible but certain high-end clothing can become collectibles yeah no it's definitely true that people collect this stuff like religiously um you know i've i have some close friends and i've know of people and have seen people that have collections you know worth high six figures or even seven figures of this just of like fabric (laughs) you know which is um which is crazy but yeah there's a huge collectible market and there's you know there's individual t-shirts that'll sell for 10 or twenty thousand dollars what would your best advice be for someone that wants to invest in like hype beast clothing um i think the best advice to give someone like that is you have to pick out a few products you believe in and just buy them and, and hold them and sit on them i think there's like there's always some home runs that like, you know, if you can get them, you're going to make money. Like, mm-hmm. If you can buy a box logo at retail, you're going to make money. If you mm-hmm. can buy, you know, Travis's at retail, you're going to make money. Like always go for those items. But outside of that, it's like, I think you should pick some items that you think will go up over time. It's like, to me, that's a pretty easy process. Like I could tell you right now, like if you want to make, if you want to make 200 bucks in 12 months, just buy one of these. Mm-hmm. It's done. It's easy. Right. Um, but yeah, it would, it would be like, I don't know. So many people get caught up in like, trying to buy and resell like stuff at no margin and it's like it's it's crazy too because what happens is like think about the math on it for a second right so you buy a 200 dollars item off of supreme's website mm-hmm. right and then you've got to pay about nine percent tax so now you're at 218 dollars and there, is there shipping involved in that and there's or? shipping so now, okay. you're, now you're at 228 yep right so now you're at, now you're, it was a 200 hundred dollar item now you paid 228 for it yes. now now you go to sell it on StockX. Mm-hmm. okay let's sell let's say you sell it for 260 bucks so now, now you're going to pay like 10, 11% in fees total. So call it, call it, we'll call it 10% to make it even, right? It's a $26 fee. So now you're at 234. You paid 228 for it. And now you sold it for 234. So all in all, you made six bucks. But for you to make six bucks, the product had to sell 60 bucks above retail. You know what I mean? It's pretty and insane. Like, yeah. So it's like a $200 item. You have to sell it for two, you have to, it has to be selling 60 bucks over retail for you to make $6, which is like, 
problem is people get caught up in like, oh wait, this is two hundred bucks. I can sell for two twenty five. It's like, yeah, you can, but like you're gonna lose. You're gonna get whacked the whole way along losing money. And people yeah. don't. People don't think about that. So to That's me, it's brutal. like to me, it's like I would I would do some buying and holding, and then some buying of some like guaranteed high margin items. That's interesting. Yeah, I I think one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my life was I saw a kid buy a pair of sneakers in L.A. on Melrose across uh-huh. the street. Yeah, he bought her across the street. Whatever he paid, I don't even remember what the shoe was. But let's say he bought it for 180 bucks. Yeah, he came across the street to a sneaker place to resell it, <laughs> sold it for less than what he bought it for. Yeah, ten minutes. Yeah. Well, did he just want like a picture with it for his gram or something? Like, people do that. Too. I think he got the wrong shoe size uh, and like he didn't get a good no size returns, like, and no returns. And you know, that's one of the crazy things too. Is like we were talking about what's like so what's like I felt so bad what's like <laughs> what's wrong with like social media and street where it's like there's a lot of people that will buy stuff wear it and return it like i'm not gonna why are they doing i'm this? not gonna name names obviously and it's like i'll be the first person to tell you that like i borrow a lot of my product from friends yeah you know like and you'd be stupid not to honestly it's like what my, just what my roommate has a two thousand dollar t-shirt that i want for a picture should i go buy a new one or he's like Here, just use mine and people are like right i'm like that's an easy decision i'd be yeah. stupid not to um, i will do the same thing all day so anybody out there <laughs> so i will say too the difference between me and other people is that i admit it that's the only difference <laughs> there are very very few people that don't borrow any product and it's like like you know there's there's rappers that are hitting up my close friends like i'm not gonna name who they are but like big name rappers ones that if i listen you'd be like oh geez they're like <laughs> hitting up my friends like yo look i'll pay you to like borrow that that tea for the show <laughs> and it happens at every stage it happens at every stage and i have i have no problem with it the difference is like i'll tell you when i do it and i'm like transparent with yeah. it yeah you know that's the authentic part yeah for sure because once and i learned this uh, I've learned this a bunch over the last year. It's like once you say it and it's nothing Dude, illegal. It's, it's like eight mile. Right. You know where I'm going with that, right? Yeah. Go go though. It's like Eminem in the last in the last uh yeah. freestyle battle. All he does is rap about like what's wrong with himself. The second you do that, they got nothing left. Yeah, no power. No power. <laughs> I love to lean into the jokes, you know? Yeah. That's the way to do it. So we've been talking a bunch about social media. I know uh, you're interested in some of these nuanced platforms. Uh-huh. And I'm curious if you'll mention a couple ones here. But which are your favorite to-date social media apps? Yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm doing something on, I'm really doing something on three platforms. Um, I've sort of introduced Twitter a little bit recently, but that would definitely be like the tertiary of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, right now it's like, it's pretty crazy the way things are happening on social so i've been posting on my instagram account for you know about three years now yeah um have 460 something thousand followers on there Mm. um which is like dope that's awesome uh but what's been crazy is i've been on tiktok for like three or four months maybe it's closer to six months now i don't know i don't know exactly when i first started posting on there um but i have 860,000 yeah. something followers on there. Um, and I've noticed too that like I've been able to even capture a lot of those TikTok followers and bring them over to Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like I have a few strategies for that. Um, but yeah, TikTok is probably my favorite place right now as far as like even a place to consume content, um, which I know it's a little bit, some people view it as like the, oh, it's like a little kid app or something. Yeah. If you like think that now, you're going to regret that in like, you know, six to 12 months, you're going to regret it's that. It's been for the sure. big talk, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I think I think TikTok is is awesome for someone like me because TikTok is really tailored towards creators, mm-hmm. um, whereas Instagram. So let me explain like the difference between why content performs so well on TikTok versus Instagram. When someone goes on Instagram, like you probably go on there and like yeah. you consume the content of your friends, right? Yeah. So you're consuming content of your friends, and you're also consuming content created by content creators. Hundred percent. And so there's like there's this huge competition there where you know you have to compete when you are posting something that you're trying to get to a lot of people. You have to compete with everyone's friends. You have to compete with every other business posting stuff there. You have to compete with stories. You have to compete with a feed. You have to compete with explore page, DMs, everything. And it's really hard to do that. Like it's hard to create content that that breaks all those barriers because Instagram is a place that's really oversaturated too. Like every business is already there. Every individual is already there. And everyone is posting content, not just the creators. Whereas on TikTok, people are going on TikTok not to consume the content of their friends or watch stories or even create content. Most people are going on there simply just to watch content. Yep. Um, which is like the perfect formula for someone that's creating videos. And you know, that's so that's been awesome for me. It's like I didn't really have to change anything to make my content work for TikTok. Yeah. I make little tweaks here and there, but nothing mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, you make it the right screen size yeah. and put text on it. Yeah. Yeah, that type of thing every now and then. But the videos itself, the content is really extremely similar. Um, mm-hmm. but it just plays so so well on there because that app is really tailored towards creators which i actually think is like the best way to have a long-term successful app is to tailor it towards creators because ultimately the thing that are the thing that's going to keep people using the platform the longest is if they're entertained while they're on the platform 100 percent. and so right now it's like tiktok's new users and the amount of time that people are spending on the app it's like through the roof how much people are using that app Um, and yeah it does skew a little younger right now but that's already changing it's already changing there were a couple things you said in there which made me immediately think of youtube youtube is the same thing in the sense of everyone has an account but only a couple people create probably an even smaller percentage than on tiktok but everyone goes there they consume content for a super long period of time it's easy to get discovered when you're creating good content because not that many people are creating good content tiktok is similar i love tiktok and a lot of people have doubts because they think views are enhanced they think likes are enhanced they think all these things are boosted up because it's a relatively new company that bought a company that was called musically which Mm -hmm. was like extreme little kid app and now it's the opposite (laughs) not the opposite but further down i know um and people think that my response to that and why i believe in it not that a thousand percent of it is is all you know exactly what you see but uh, why i believe in it uh, like in in general is because when you take uh let's say you take an instagram video right Mm -hmm. you put that on uh you put that on tiktok you put that on twitter you put that on facebook you put that on youtube you Mm -hmm. put that on every platform uh it does how it does right yeah doesn't do that great sometimes it does all right you take a tweet you put it everywhere sometimes it does all right you take a youtube video you put it everywhere it does all right you take a linkedin post you put it everywhere it's yeah. whatever you take a tiktok and you put it on every other platform it does better than if you took any other platforms content and put it on all the other platforms yeah, i agree with that i have the same experience and that's why i believe in it yeah because the content speaks for itself yeah if your content in general performs better just because of the platform that it's created on yeah. insane what else do you need to you know? can't really yeah. argue when it does better yeah on other platforms because yeah. it's like all right i understand the argument of it's owned by the chinese government right mm-hmm. and you know people in <laughs> i think this whole like this whole thing to me is like 
people are just coming up with any excuse not to get on the platform. Probably. You know? Probably. There's like, and maybe there's like, maybe there's some crap wrong with it, or maybe some of the views are fake, but like, speaking from experience, I've had days, individual days, where I've siphoned over over 30,000 Instagram followers in one day because mm-hmm. of TikTok viewers. And I'll tell you, that's not fake. You know? No. There's like no, there's no way to fake that. The crossover? Yeah. Nothing. So it's like, the fact that I'm seeing that amount of crossover mm-hmm. tells me that like... And that anyone you talk to is on there. Yeah. That's it's a fact not, too. You know, like any... You know how many people hit me up like, yo, I like see you on my For You page all the time. Right. I'm like, you use TikTok? That's yeah. like my response. It's not even like, right. you know? It's not even like, dope, thanks. It's yeah. like, you use... Yeah, 100%. <laughs> no, I, I definitely see the same thing. And it, it's funny. And I, I believe in it the most. Um yeah i really believe in so it. yeah that's the word to like any aspiring creator is like the first thing you should do is get on tiktok and just start right now yeah start pumping content out on there right now because all it takes is you posting consistently for even even a month might change the entire direction of the rest of your life you like post seriously. 10 videos a day for a week come back after the week yeah let me know what happened yeah you will have a 10,000 20,000 view video yeah. like it would be more difficult not to have a 20,000 view video if you post 10 times a day in a week than to have one. Yeah. So I your, really believe that. Your thing too on TikTok is like, I, I was looking a little bit at what you do. It's like with, through Hoops Nation is like very different than what I do. Very everything I do has to be generated by me. Mm-hmm. Well, at least I've like sort of made that rule for myself. Maybe that's yeah, not yeah. true. But I see you posting on TikTok like 10, 12, 15 times a day, whatever it is. Yeah, ideally like, more. Yeah, I know. I'm like, man, I wish I could do that. Right. Because that's like the play. And that's you know? that's why I, I wish I could do that for my personal brand. Yeah. The reason I have Hoops Nation is because I can't do that for my <laughs> yeah, personal exactly. brand. Yeah, exactly. But wish. you see that that's like the strategy is just like oh, post, post, 100%. post, post, post. Post as much as possible. Yeah. Give yourself as many chances Dude, for it to go Every viral. single one is like a little lottery ticket. That's All sort of, of like it. the way that's I view exactly it. exactly you know? how it is. That's yeah. a great description. Yeah. Um, but I definitely believe that. And that that's like... I wish I could post about LeBron every day on my personal brand, but I can't. <laughs> I just can't do it. No one's there to see yeah. me do that. Yeah. But Hoops Nation, yeah. all right. Dude, no one's going to complain. I just realized, I was like, I didn't even follow you on IG until recently. And now I have this problem where every time I log into my IG, Hoops Nation stuff is at the top. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm like, I've like found myself on your page like three times already just like scrolling through and I'm like, shoot, I got to like get back to my to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> How long is your to-do list? Um... I have multiple to-do lists and so I have like, I actually have it sorted out where I have like a today, I have a somewhat urgent and a non-urgent. And so non-urgent might have 20 things, somewhat urgent might have 10 and a today list usually ranges like from that. 10 to 20. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Where do sports cards fall on that to-do list? Um, they fall in the hobby category, which okay. is like, I have found that as I get more entrenched in my work, like I actually need to be very um, intentional. Mm-hmm. about creating time for like myself and things that I like. Like it's so like, I do love the work that I do, but I, for my own like sanity, I do need to pull myself away from it sometimes, which like, I'm not great at like candidly, I'm not great at that. But I've found that like, if I even like put hobby related things on my to-do list, like that's helpful to me. So it's like, I'll put something about sports cards on my to-do list. Cause to me, that's like, that's fun. And like, I'm burning time, you know, I completely agree. Giving yourself space, but with something that is still productive in like a way, shape or form. Yeah. That's everything. Yeah. Like you have to keep yourself engaged outside of like the specific, like the super specific thing. Yeah. Um, how'd you get into sports cards? 
So I was collecting sports cards since like a little kid. Yeah. I don't even know what it was. I think I went to like the 99 All-Star game in Atlanta or something and like they were giving everyone like free baseball cards like crazy and then it like just became a thing. Like me and my brother more my brother than me but we've always sort of had that uh like collecting gene you know where it's like we just love collecting things and for a while it was sports cards or jerseys or like whatever right and sports cards was the thing for a while for me and my brother before it was ever supreme yeah. and like it's funny like i feel like we were just as good and accomplished in like collecting sports cards as we are now like in the supreme industry mm -hmm. but it's like that's awesome but then it was like no one cared about the sports cards and like we didn't there was no like uh we weren't like touting what we had on socials and i don't know it was uh you're just doing it out of it was for fun uh, yeah of yeah. course which is the same way the supreme thing started totally 100 percent. Um, which is like which is the best way and for it then you're able to turn the thing that you were passionate about into something that you were able to turn into a career aka spend all your time on yeah pretty much <laughs> that's really all uh, turning it into a career means it's like yeah i get to do the thing that i enjoy all the time like i don't care about yeah. money like yeah. i just get to do the thing that i enjoy yeah. yeah i hear you um how how have you liked the where the industry is now because it's very different mm -hmm. from where it was back then so yeah i definitely took like a hiatus like i'm just getting back into it a little bit now mostly just for fun um but yeah there was a while like probably from like 2006 when I was like 10 years old to 2012 when I was 16 or so. It was mm -hmm. like, I was buying like every day. Um, you know, I was like, I had my eBay searches saved and I would check them every day. And like the other thing that I was doing too is like, you can relate with this. Like you're an entrepreneurial kid too. It was like, I would have my searches saved for like any of the big lots of cards where like people didn't, people didn't know the value. And so I would go in and I would check those searches 20, 30 times a day and just sort them on eBay time newly listed. Mm -hmm. And then, Oh, I see a good one. Great. I'm going to contact the guy right away and see how much it would cost to end the auction early. Cause a lot of these people didn't know how much their stuff was worth. And then I would get the lots in and I would sell cards off individually. And to me, that was like a come up, you know, I'd like spend 200 and like sell everything for five and I was just like stoked super yeah. stoked yeah i was also like the other thing too is like i was a huge phillies fan mm -hmm. um and there was like an era where f the phillies became really good and i'm like philly sports teams the whole way around which is like you know play your little violin for me or whatever but um <laughs> but hey, they're not doing too bad in a couple of them right now yeah they're okay right now all right. um all right. I mean, I hate though. Oh my gosh, I'm like all over the place. But it's like I hate <laughs> when teams get like stuck in the mediocrity and they're like they draft like end of the lottery or like just after hey, and the they six, get like okay the Sixers players. have players. I know, but it's but not they coming don't, together. No, it hasn't. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad for you. Um, yeah, we should talk about this. Later but I'm too. a Knicks fan. So but you I'm can't like, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you can't. Could, I can't say anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will get roasted. <laughs> but I was like insanely into the Sixers and the Sam Hinkie era. Mm. Like I watched every single game when they were like 14 and 68 or whatever. Respect. Who was the star of that team? Like Jakar Sampson. <laughs> like <laughs> Tony Roten. Like, uh, I remember no, Tony no, no, Roten. No, the stars of that team were like Michael Carter Williams and Nerlens Noel. Yeah, I remember MCW triple double yeah. in his first game. Yeah, Didn't and everyone like out. almost hit the quadruple double. Bro, and, like, could you imagine? Yeah, that would have been crazy. James Harden had a quadruple double the other night. Oh, yeah, I didn't with turnovers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> or a number of people he let blow by him on defense. That's Probably, what, yeah. 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 Quintuple double. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, I don't even like remember the initial question now. Where the initial question was how to get into uh, sports cards. No, the, how you feel about the uh, the current industry? Oh yeah, like current current industry is um, 
I think the thing that's cool about it now is it's becoming more mainstream. Um, and like we talked about earlier with Supreme, where the way to get people in the door is to have products resell. Mm-hmm. That's happening with like Panini right now, which is really, Super. which is really interesting. So like for those of you who don't know, there's hobby boxes that that Panini releases. Like I think it's on their website, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like 150 bucks for a box. Yeah, and you can get them anywhere. Yeah. You can get them on, you know, all these different sites. Yeah. And so when they released them on David Adams, when they released their <laughs> <laughs> free plug there, when they released, it's like, uh, you know, 150 bucks for a box, but they're flipping for like six, seven, eight hundred dollars, um, which is like crazy. And so now what happened with sports cards is it went from people who are interested in basketball and sports cards and whatever to now anyone who wants to make money. So that whole demographic is like huge now and it's drawing people in like people are saying oh shoot i can make this much i can make that much people are buying to invest and like i think that market for the first time is like really seeing a big boom um and i think that's like that's definitely super interesting yeah and i think the timing of guys like zion coming into the game yeah it just puts it on a whole nother level of that the amount of variation so it's very easy to get into Mm -hmm. it and all the prices are high right now and there's price points for everyone to get into it you know and i think one of the things we were talking about before like as of recording this um, there are a lot of like fears around like the virus that's going around yeah. and there are a lot, you know, fears with the oil industry and s- when the stock market goes down, <laughs> like the collectible industry yeah. goes up. Yeah. And so sports cards, like in the last week, Luka Doncic base rookie cards, we were talking about this before, yeah. have gone up $150, $200. Yeah. It's a great come up. It's insane. Yeah. So that's going to be super interesting to monitor over the next, you yeah. know, weeks, months. But even like, so I even run like a discord, you know what discord mm-hmm. is? Yeah, I, run dis- I run a discord with like a thousand people in it. And it's basically like a cook group, right? Where it's like, all right, buy this, buy that. This is going to resell. That's not mostly Supreme sneakers, streetwear, stuff like that. But there's other, like there's, there's chats in there too, where people are talking about like all sorts of random things to flip. People are like trying to flip, you know, free Chick-fil-A sandwich coupon codes and stuff. Like it's, it's crazy, right? Um, <laughs> it's, it is like, it is like I'll really funny. On that. It is like really funny. <laughs> um, but like no one's talking about trading cards yet. And like, and these are the people that are like, into reselling into making something for a flip these are like the entrepreneurial kids all the sneaker kids have to switch over i know they have to i know and i'm like i think that's happening now and it's going to continue to happen and so for that reason i feel like it's still early a little bit i think one of the problems though is that it's still not cool yet should we change that we should yeah let's do it that's part of like talking about it in like (laughs) content and stuff like that because there isn't any good sports card whatnot content yet yeah i have like this little sports memorabilia show gary v's obviously doing his mm-hmm. thing he's doing a lot for the industry right now a ton yeah. even like josh luber stock x is doing stuff for the yeah. industry too like well they added a great, whole section. great for trading cards that trading cards are now on stock x it's a it makes it cooler and i think that's like the biggest push because people associate like sport being into sports cards with like being nerdy yeah and nerdy has gone a lot cooler, yeah. but it's not all the way there yet, <laughs> or even close. I could be like a proponent of that too. Like people probably don't know that about me from my social media presence, but like, yeah, I'm like a geeked out kid who like loves analytics and right. probability and like all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, same. Like, um, but I think that a lot of these people and you know, like you and I doing more stuff in the sports card space only only will help. Can't hurt. Yeah. Um, but I think it's it's really a matter of 
people talking about it more. Yeah. Well, and one of the things too, like it being on StockX, I think it's just going to introduce a lot of people to it. People like will be clicking through the platform because like how many, they have a ton of users, right? And people like will see all the categories like collectibles, you know, streetwear, watches, handbags. Oh, sure. trading cards is there now too? And now they're clicking on it and like, wait, this card was, and they can see the sale prices. Oh, this card was how much last week and now it's how much this week? Yeah. Like I think that in and of itself will introduce a lot of people to it. So it's crazy. So I brought two cards here Should to I, wrap like, up. these or something? You can show the bowl bowl that I brought for you right here. That's for you since I know yeah. you're collecting Thank some of the you. young guys. You're welcome. Yeah. And this one is a very special Eric card. <laughs> we have an Eric Whiteback card here. You did your whole own set of cards. And uh, we're going to do something very special with it today. For those listening to the podcast right now, all you have to do is if you're listening, you take a screenshot of where you're listening, whether it be on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, post it on your Instagram story, tag both of us so we can both see it. Uh, and that's it. And we'll give it to one of you guys. So It's pretty easy. Pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. Um, My friend, where can people find you best? Um Instagram and TikTok are probably two less places. Twitter too, but and do you have a public phone number as well? I do have a public. Do you phone know it by heart? I don't. You need to. I, yeah, I should, right? You need to. <laughs> <laughs> well, hit him up on Instagram, and you can find yeah. his phone number there. Yeah, my friend. Yeah, you're a the pleasure, man, brother. Thank you. Of course. Catch you guys next time. Peace.